Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcasting platform. This week, Pastor Russ starts a new series called Living with Heart. This week's sermon comes from Romans 5, 1 through 5, and it's titled, Guarding Your Heart. You know, the music throughout this whole season has just been one of the great joys. It's not unusual around here, but certainly this year. And, um, and Sarah has been such an amazing part of that. So, Sarah, thank you. And to be here, I don't think anybody had to come further than Sarah for this, this morning. <laughs> Your mother. Today. What's the name of that song? Birthday of a King. Birthday of a King. Wow. well it's a gift thank you and happy birthday to your mom so let me start with a question Uh, what's a good question to start the new year with well maybe it's this one how's your heart if you go to the doctors, that's going to be one of the first things they check up, right? They're going to check your pulse. They're going to check your blood pressure. They got all kinds of tools to check because that's such an important part of who we are physically. You could do worse than focus on your heart if you want to be healthy, depending on how this year goes for you, how you will be January 1st, 2023 might have to something to do with how well we pay attention to our heart. It is still the leading cause, still the leading cause, heart disease is, of all deaths in America. The heart's pretty important. Without any kind of medical books, texts, or any kind of understanding, the scriptures understand the same. That without understanding what the organ was about, that they called something heart and said, pay attention to your heart that the heart is the most critical part of who you are. And it goes beyond just the physical pumping muscle that we call our heart. It also goes beyond just that part that we sometimes confuse when we say head versus heart, as if mind versus our feelings. There, there is some parts to that, but it is so, that is such a small understanding of heart. Heart is that part that makes you, you. In the Bible, we, while we think of the heart as the place of emotion or feeling, the Bible says, oh, it's, it's so much more. In the Bible, as you read through the scriptures, it is also the seat of wisdom. Wisdom comes from the heart. A good and pure heart it produces wisdom. It also is the heart of ethics, of knowing what to do and doing the right thing. That's an issue of your heart as far as the scripture is concerned. It is part of your personality. It is the relational connection between you and your neighbor and your God. It runs through this thing called the heart. The heart is so central to who you are. It is the center of your being. It is what makes you, you. And so please forgive. You'll understand that when I try to take something very complex and mysterious and reduce it to a Venn diagram two-dimensional, but here it is. 
Now you'll understand for all its limitations, but I think there's something to it, that there's these different aspects. There's the strength, there's the physicality of who we are. There is the mind, or the mental capacity of who we are. There is the soul, the spiritual part, the physical, the, the mental, and the spiritual. And what holds it all together, as far as the Bible is concerned, is that part in between. It is the heart. That is the, the central processing center, if you will. It is Grand Central Station. It is that in thing that integrates you and all the various parts of you. And if the heart starts to go, if the heart starts to get clouded, if the heart starts to get hardened, bad things happen. So we can understand now, we understand when, when the great commandment is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, how all those are connected. And if there are problems, if there are problems in your heart between your, your mental and your emotional, that's a problem of the heart. But it is also a problem between how you think and how you relate to God. It is a question of how you, how you relate in the physicality of what you do with your body and how you show up in this world and your connection with God. It is all three of those things and they are in motion all together. And so you understand when the Bible wants to say, boy, beware, watch out, and they use words like hard-hearted. They're not talking about the, the stuff that's in your veins or your arteries. They're talking about a, a condition that's dangerous. When they're talking about a person's heart who is darkened, if this is the key place where all those things get integrated or not, this is serious stuff. And if we have a bad heart, it's not long before it manifests in all these other ways. Long before, long before they had medical textbooks, long before they understood anything about medicine or even dreamed of surgery or even the capacity for operating on it, the scriptures understood that sometimes what's needed is some radical, radical change of heart to the point that when Ezekiel is trying to trying to say to the nation of Israel, listen, you, have, you are so far gone. You... you your heart has grown so hard, it has grown so cold to God that this famous scripture that says, I will give you a new heart, that's what's needed, a transplant. Put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you a heart of stone, one that has grown cold, that has grown hard, that has calcified, that is, that is cold to, to God and to one another. I will give you, a, remove that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What, Jer what Ezekiel is saying is there are some serious issues. This is more than tinkering around the edges. There are times when we need something that is drastically different. So how's your heart this morning? How's that part of you that is making decisions? How's that part of you that deals with integrity? How's that part of you that is being able to be open to God and open to your neighbor, your friend, your family, your coworkers? How is that part of you? How's your thinking going? How is your heart? Seems to me to be an important question. And the answer for many of us on any given day is not all that good, perhaps, but even today, more so, not so good. When I listen to people talk about themselves, and you can just hear it in their voice, you hear it in yourself, don't you? People who are disheartened by what's going on. Didn't we think we would be in a different place a year ago? 
Didn't we think you know, a year ago when vaccinations were coming on that, boy, this was the turning of a corner and things were going to get better, and they did for a while, and then they didn't. And, oh, we're so tired of being resilient, aren't we? I am. I mean, I know it's important. I get that. But how many people would look, and look at the news and just turn it off because they're disheartened, they're discouraged, and the word discourage, courage, the French word cour, heart, is the same thing. To be discouraged is to be disheartened, is to be disconnected from the heart of who you are. You just don't have it. Here's what I thought was interesting, that uh, the New York Times uh, watches how many people read all their stories, particularly online. And do you know what the number one story, the most read story of 2021 was about? About the heart. It was about a condition called languishing. Back in April, they wrote a story. Back in April, this was before things turned again in the summer. Even back in April, they said the number one thing, there's a reason you're feeling blah. There's a reason that you're having a hard time connecting. It's called languishing. It's in between depression and flourishing. There's this area where it's just kind of, and you just don't have the energy. You have trouble concentrating. You, you know you should care. You know you really should care, but it's really hard right now. You know you should go to bed because you're tired, and yet you end up watching that movie again. Life is, on the one hand, both overwhelming and yet not engaging enough. Languishing. Somebody said it's the dulling of delight and the dwindling of drive. Languishing. Anybody resonate with that word? It is, it is to take things and look at things that you know are important and that you know should engage you and to come at it with that great uh, phrase, meh. In fact, this morning, this slide was here because I was going to do a litany of meh, of languishing, a litany of languishing, and it was going to be things like, hey, happy new year, eh. This is a time for new beginnings. Aren't you excited? Meh. We know we've got some great classes and some great opportunities for growing your life and your soul and your family this year. Meh. Yeah. This is a time for New Year's resolutions. What are yours? <sighs> Languishing. That's just where we are. It's not bad. In fact, it's probably a pretty healthy response to where we are, what we've been through. And so it's not a matter of fixing it as much as acknowledging it. And this Sunday, as I was planning for it, I was, talking, I was thinking about how do we guard our heart? How do we guard that part of who we are? And, and, and how do we help that grow? And then as it came closer and closer, and particularly this last week, I, I just, I had to put all that away, throw it away and start all over because it's like, we are not there. Let's just acknowledge this. It's January 2nd, 2022. And we are discouraged and we are disheartened. And yeah, yeah, we can, we can muster up from time to time what we need to be resilient. And we will be resilient. We will. But there is also a weight that is on us. Which brings me, which brings me back to our passage. 
Because our passage not only speaks to the discouragement and the endurance that goes, but there is a part there that I think here's where we need, here's where we need to land today. So let me bring that back up. Not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Hope doesn't disappoint us. So far we go, eh, yeah, I don't know. I got enough character, don't you? I don't, I don't you know, I've got enough character building things. I'm not, I don't need another course of character. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Here's the part. Hope doesn't disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts. The word literally means is continually pouring, ongoing pouring. And I just found that image helpful for today. God doesn't disappoint. Hope doesn't disappoint. And yes, we endure. And yes, we're resilient. And yes, there's character. But let's begin somewhere else. Let's start with hope. Let's start with the God who is continuing to pour love into our hearts. We are the people of hope is what we're looking at today. And, and underneath are some habits, and I think these are important habits. We're going to come back to these. Habits of gathering, learning, praying, and serving. And we could just as easily have said these are habits not just of hope, but for heart. And I believe that with everything I've got. If 40 years of ministry has taught me anything, that the missing ingredient, the missing ingredient most people who come to church earnestly, faithfully, is we have not paid attention to the actual habits. We have great theology. We have great openness to what God is doing, but we haven't embedded those things in. I believe that. But today, I want to put that aside because I think there's something even more important. And even more important is the heart. And even more important is this, this God who is pouring love into us even as we sit here languishing. Even when we're not recognizing, maybe especially when we don't recognize it, especially in hard times. I believe in my bones the power of habit and the things that we can do, and we will get to those. But I know underneath even that, even that is the, is the understanding that anything we do is not, is not self-generated. All we are doing with any of our habits, with any of our practices, with any of our service, all we are doing is trying to align ourselves and orient ourselves to the God who is pouring love into our hearts. And, and that the one task, the one task that maybe you and I have, you and I who are created in love, we are an extension of love and we have been made for, we are healed by, we are redeemed through, and we are enlivened with love. The one thing that we can do is to open ourselves and orient ourselves to that love that's already there. As that love expands, we flourish. As our capacity to receive and orient, we grow. To the degree that we are closed off or it's closed off for us, we languish. And it seems to me right now, what we need is an infusion of that love that is already here. 
We come into this world and we are oriented by and dependent upon love and how it is shown to us, through, first through the eyes of our parents and then those around us. But then I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the times where you have grown up and when you were at your best or not at your best, and I'm going to guess it has something to do with how you oriented the locus of love, the, the thing that told you you were all right, that you were affirmed, that you were welcomed, that you were celebrated that you were a part think of middle school I won't make you think of it very long but think of middle school when we get to that age where it was we're coming out of understanding who we are just from our immediate family and suddenly friends and peers become important and if we as we as we reorient the source of, of love, the thing that tells us whether we belong, whether we are good, whether we are acceptable or whole, and as it starts to conform around our peers at that age, how conditioned it is upon those same peers, and how fickle that becomes. High school, college, work, become an adult. It's still our peers, isn't it? It's the people around us, and it's what they say and what they don't say, what we get invited to, what we don't get invited to. It is what we laugh at or being laughed at for. It is those things that tell us in our community and in our culture, are we making it? Am I okay? Am, 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 I, am I loved? Am, am I accepted? To the degree we get back this question, and, and the answer is you are loved, then we flourish. To the degree that it becomes conditional upon just what we make or, what we, uh, or our status somehow or, or what we have done or we've not done, suddenly that, that starts to orient us and we start to languish because our world starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller. In worship, in worship, when we do worship well, That expands. That the locus of our being is grounded in something that goes beyond time and space. That we are loved before eternity, we are loved into eternity, and there is nothing that can change that. Boy, does that start to change. When we start to believe that, does that ever start to change? When we know we are loved, when we know in our, in our bones that we are loved, we become free. We can do the hard thing at work. We can, we can hang in in our community. We can stand for things in our culture because they, our, our, our well-being and our worth and our value is no longer tied to those things. It is tied to something that is much larger, and so we are much more able to be free and to serve and to be of benefit to our families, to our communities, to our culture, and everywhere we go because we are anchored into something far bigger. That's why this table is so important. Because it is at this table we come and we are reminded that we are loved. We come at this table and we remind ourselves that there is nothing you are going to do to make God love you more this year. And there's nothing you're going to do this year that's going to make God love you less. It's already settled. And when that begins to sink in, when that begins to get to the marrow of our, of our heart... Things begin to change. There is a new freedom, and there's a more new determination, and there is indeed a new strength. 
that all we need to do for all the other things that can be done, sure. But all we need to do today, today, is to hear this. You are loved. You are loved. You were loved before you were born. You will be loved after you are gone. You are loved from eternity to eternity. You are loved. There is nothing you're going to do that's going to make God love you more or less. You are loved. And all, all we have to do is open ourselves to realign and receive that love. To the degree we do that, it's to the degree that we will flourish, not just today, but in the year ahead. The question is, how is your heart? How is your heart in 2022? Is going to have a lot to do with how well we live, how well we flourish. And then the road to flourishing is going to run right through our heart. And there are things that we can do and there are things that we should do, absolutely. But today, today, just know this, that in the core of who you are, whether you believe it or not, you are loved. You are loved. You're loved. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace.